There's a lot of discussion in the body of Christ today about 1 John 1, 9, and really, who is it addressing? Is it addressing the local church, or is it addressing unbelievers? And it's talking about confessing our sins. What does confessing your sins mean to you in your personal prayer time? We're going to be talking about that. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Life is Jesus Christ with Sean Paul. Make sure you subscribe to stay connected. We pray your life in Christ be supercharged with today's message. Sean Paul here with Life is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to continue on this series here, Developing Intimacy with God. I don't know about you, but it's been a blessing to me, uh, this series. Even though I'm preaching it and ministering to you, it's given me an opportunity to really dive deep and study on this. And uh, I just love living a life of intimacy with God. I love spending time in prayer with Him. I love following Him. I love being obedient to the Word. I just love developing a relationship with Him. Uh, you know, just this morning, morning I was uh, walking and I was just talking to God. There's a few things I believe that he's putting on my heart in my life. And, you know, I was just chewing on these thoughts that I was having with the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, this is the way I'm looking at this. Is this correct? So see, I love doing that. I love kind of like fine tuning my relationship with the Lord. And this series has definitely been helping me do that. Now, we've been talking about different types of prayer. Uh, and so today we're going to continue on with that. We have two more types left, which is confession and intercession. I don't know if we're going to get to intercession today. I'm going to be chewing on a lot of confession. I got a lot of great things to share with you about confession. Um, unfortunately, there's, I don't want to say like a division in the body of Christ about confession uh, in a negative sense, but you know, some people will uh, talk about 1 John 1 9 and it will say, who is it really? Who is Apostle John actually addressing? Uh, is he addressing the body of Christ, believers, or the unbeliever? And um, I definitely have my thoughts on that. And that's what I'm going to be sharing today. And then I'm going to be talking more about confession. And then I'm going to be sharing with you kind of like, how do I apply confession to my life? Uh, so let's go ahead and just kind of dive into this. Uh, before we kind of get into 1 John 1 9, I do want to discuss a few things here about the book of uh, 1 John because to me, uh, you know, I want to say this, you know, when I've read 1 John, you know, for many years, I'll admit, you know, I was just like, I don't really understand this. It seems like there's this back and forth, back and forth. And I'm not saying I was confused about it, but. Um, you know, it just, I didn't have the total clarity that, that I feel like I should have had. And then it, really what it was is recently I, I started diving in and started understanding more about Gnosticism. Um, that's a form of a belief system that is totally anti-God, anti-Christ. Uh, and, uh, Apostle John addresses them in the first, uh, in the book of John, the first book of John. And so he addresses uh, Gnosticism, and that's what he was actually dealing with was Gnosticism in 1 John. So once you begin to understand the belief system of Gnosticism, you will begin to clearly see 100% uh, what, what uh, Apostle John was discussing. And then as you go through the scriptures, you'll begin to see, oh, okay, now I see. Oh, now I understand. Okay. I get it. So see, it's just so important that we kind of discuss that. So uh, Gnosticism is basically, and I'm, I'm kind of like reading my notes up here, uh, Gnosticism was in, infiltrating into the church. And, and, and they were drawing a lot of people away from the true belief and the truth of Christ uh, and the gospel of Jesus Christ 
But again, they infiltrated into the church. So they would try to deceive the people that John was ministering to and draw them away, ultimately seducing them and leading them astray from God's word. So again, that's kind of what uh, Apostle John was dealing with at that time in the first book of John. So let's go ahead and just, you know, there's a lot of uh, weird nuances about Gnosticism and what they believe. So, but what I want to do is just for time purposes and really kind of stay on the focus of what this message really is about. And that is about prayer ain't about confession. But what I want to do is just kind of touch on a few things that they believe. So you'll kind of understand um, uh, as I read uh, a parts of first John, the book of first John, you'll begin to kind of pick up and understand of what he was actually trying to do and who he was addressing verse by verse. So, uh, what they did is they denied that Jesus was incarnate. Incarnate means that, uh, the son of God took on a fleshly body, bodily form. Okay. So, you know, he was called the son of man. So first, uh, or John 1 14 says, so the word became human and became his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. So again, John 1, 14 says the word who is Jesus became human, human and made his home among us. So basically they denied the reality of Jesus's physical death and resurrection and asserting there was merely a symbolic or metaphorical event. So again, you can, you can understand and see that they uh, were teaching anti-Christ teachings. And again, that's who uh, Apostle John was dealing with as far as in the first uh, book of John. So then they taught also that you can't sin. Uh, they didn't believe that they could sin. They believed that basically their flesh and their spirit was divided and whatever their flesh did, uh, their body did, it did not, it was not sin in the spirit. And basically they were going to be judged based on uh, what they did spiritually, not in the flesh. So, so again, they were like living lives, uh, just unrighteous lives as well. So let's just go ahead and just kind of read a couple things here. Cause again, I just kind of want to, I, I kind of want to help you see what uh, apostle John was doing while he was uh, writing this. So I'm just going to read from uh, uh, one John uh, one five, and then it's, I'm going to go to two one. So uh, basically and it's so more or less what he's doing is he's going back and forth, back and forth. He's hitting the uh, Gnostics uh, their teachings, and then he's kind of reassuring the body of Christ. So this is the message we heard from Jesus. Now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness at, uh, in him at all. So we are lying if we say we, uh, we have fellowship with God, but go on living a spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. So verse five, he's speaking to the body of Christ. Verse six, he is hitting Gnosticism. So more or less Gnosticism, you know, again, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God. Again, they say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. They're living in spiritual darkness because they're living a life of sin. They're saying it's okay to do what we, we do. We can do whatever we want to do in body because it doesn't have anything to do with our spiritual walk with God. Uh, so again, obviously they're blinded, they're blinded to the truth. And then, so we are not practicing the truth. 
So basically, he's saying, hey, look, if you're being swayed by Gnosticism and thinking that you can live however you want, you're more or less not practicing the truth, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So then it continues on, verse 7, but if we are living in the light, and again, he's now addressing the church, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So more or less, again, it's assuring the body of Christ that we are cleansed through through the blood of Jesus Christ, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And again, now go to verse 8. Now he's discussing again Gnosticism. But if we claim we have no sin, again, Gnostics said that we have no sin. We are only fooling ourselves and living in, uh, not living in the truth. So more or less, again, he's hitting the Gnostics right between the eyes and saying, <coughs> look, if you say you don't have no sin, uh, more or less, again, they're living a life of unrighteousness. They're living a life unholiness. They're living a life in sin, but they're saying we don't sin because whatever our body does, it has nothing to do with our spiritual walk. So again, now you can kind of clearly see what Apostle John is talking about. So again, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So again, if you say you don't sin, but you clearly are sinning, you're not living in the truth. So now let's get to verse 9. He's now, uh, again, addressing the church, the body of Christ. But if we confess our sins uh, to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, us our sins to cleanse us from all wickedness. So more or less, he's going back to the church and saying, look, if you just confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive you of your sins. Okay. And we're going to be chewing on that a little bit more here, but I just kind of want to get through this. But if we claim we not have not sinned again, talking to the Gnostics, dealing with Gnosticism, uh, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So he's saying, Gnostics, if you say you have no sin, you're calling God a liar because you clearly do have sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed for us to, uh, to cleanse us from our sins, to forgive us of our sins. And then finally, again, uh, Apostle John is dealing with the church, the body of Christ. My dear children, he's talking to the believers in Christ. I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. He's continuing on from uh, chapter 1 to chapter 2 in the same message. Just because it says chapter 2 doesn't mean that he wrote some other different letter. It's just how they put the Bible together by chapters and verses doesn't mean that now he's writing a letter from some other time. It's a continuation of what he's discussing and talking about. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who who is truly righteous. Now, again, we could uh, continue on reading, but now we're going to kind of jump into the message. But hopefully that was a blessing to you to kind of, you know, begin to understand. And, and if you want to chew on this a little bit more, I would highly recommend you to begin to study a little bit more about Gnosticism and uh, begin to understand uh, uh, the, the whole entire insights of it. And then as you read uh, the first book of John, you're going to begin to really truly see and understand what uh, Apostle John was discussing. So let's go ahead and just kind of continue on. Uh, so again, uh, uh, 
1 John 1 9, it says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. So, okay, so many will take this scripture out of context because, again, they, 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 you know, and again, I'm going to say this and, you know, I'm probably going to get some people riled up, but if you get riled up, so be it, you know. There are people that teach this hyper grace teaching uh, where basically, uh, you know, we have been forgiven of our past, present or uh, yeah, past, present and future sins. OK, I understand Jesus went to the cross. He shed his blood for all mankind to for forgiveness of all sins. But again, these people take it so far to make you feel and believe that your sins have already been forgiven. It doesn't matter what you do. Jesus has already for forgiven you of your future sins. So you have no need uh, uh, to repent of your sins or to ask God for forgiveness. I'm sorry. I call that bunk. Now, you know, for maybe some people are uh, listening to this in different nations, you know, uh, and, and may not. What's bunk mean? But, you know, I just call that nonsense let's just say that because you know yes jesus died for all mankind all mankind so when he died on the on the cross he died for all mankind thousands of years later he died for that mankind okay so yes his shed blood covers the sins of all that mankind but that doesn't mean that you are more or less uh uh you no longer have to uh come to the lord and confess your sins. That doesn't mean that you're like just totally 100%. Uh, you, you're just like um, exempt. That's the word I was trying to find. You're just exempt from going to God and confessing your sins. I'm sorry. I just don't see that in this scripture. And I believe that people are being led down a path that is deception where they can just kind of feel like, hey, if I sin, God's already forgiven me. So it doesn't matter. And, and I'm sorry, there are some people that do believe in this teaching and they do seek out a life of righteousness. They, they do seek out a life of holiness. But there are so many people that are being deceived today that feel like they can just live any life that they want. They can say, oh, I love Jesus, but their lives are totally 100%. They do not show a life in Christ. Their lives are totally opposite. And again, some people could wag their finger at me and say, well, you're judging me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just speaking the word of God. You can take it however you want. But I'm just telling you, we need to confess our sins. We need to go before the Lord. We need to cleanse our hearts. And, and you know, to me, that is just to me, and I'm going to talk about my personal life and, and how it applies in my personal life, and maybe you'll understand a little bit more so. Uh, but let's go ahead and look at the Greek word about confess. You know, again, it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our all our wickedness. He is talking, Apostle John is talking to the church. He is talking to people that have given their lives to Christ, has professed Jesus, as the Lord of the life. So this is a continuation. This is something that we should be continuing in our lives. And again, to me, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. Again, I, I'm going to discuss it just a little bit more uh, about, again, in my personal life. Uh, but let's go ahead and look at the Greek word. It's uh, homologeo. I may not say that exactly correct, but it means to confess and omit 
to commit to God's standard of holiness and stance against sin. So see, we should have this life in such a way that we are, we have a standard of holiness. We know what holiness means. We know what it means by reading the word of God and applying that in our lives that we seek to walk a life of holiness. See, I always minister and teach this way. Righteousness is Christ's responsibility. When he shed his blood upon the cross and we accept that shed blood and we invite him into our heart and we become children of God, guess what? We have been made righteous through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But holiness is our responsibility. Yes, there's that one moment where we are set aside. We are set aside in Christ. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. But holiness, a life of holiness is our responsibility. We should have we should take a stance against sin and we should not accept sin in our life. You know, there's so many people that will say, Well, we're just sinners. I'm sorry, and I've taught about this before. I am not a sinner. I am free from sin. I've been set free from sin. I'm a saint of God. You know, now someone might say, Well, you know, Sean, you know, you so you're you're better than me. You're 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 uh, you call yourself a saint. You don't sin. I do sin, but I don't practice sin. I don't live a life where I continuously practice sin. I can identify sin in my life and say, oh well, that's just okay. That's a sinner. That's that's what I was before Christ. That was who I was before Christ, where I would just recognize whatever I did. I would say, yep, that was bad. I shouldn't be doing that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm going to live that way. That's what a sinner's attitude is. Okay. But see, to me, a saint of God says, no, that's sin. I did that. I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess and I'm going to change my life and I'm going to put a stop to it. And I'm not going to just go and say, oh, you know, I'm just a sinner. Again, I know I'm ruffling some feathers. I know I'm probably making some people shut this off, but you know what? I'm sorry. Shut it off then because I'm going to preach this. I'm going to teach this because to me, this is a life that I live. And to me, this is freedom in my life because I am free from sin. I don't want to participate in sin. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else because I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just saying I'm someone that has got a hold of the word. I see the truth. I'm applying it to my life and I love living this life. And again, I don't look at other people and say, well, I'm better than you because 100% I'm not. And the only reason I'm able to live the life that I live is because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, meaning I can't boast and brag upon myself. I can only boast in God and say, this is what he's done for me. This is what he's doing for me. And he's freed me from that life that held me in a bondage. And trust me, I was a, a, a believer in Christ, a Christian that was bound in sin, bound in sin in so many of areas of my life. And But because I cried out to God, saw his word, and I sought to get free, he brought freedom in my life. He told me, you can't free yourself. Only I can free you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, anyway, I started preaching there a little bit there and uh, left my teaching mode. So let's go ahead and move on. Again, I, I'm sorry if I ruffle your feathers, but I'm just preaching the truth. Truth that has brought freedom in my life. So anyway, to commit uh, to, commit to God's standard of holiness and stance against sin, to align with God. God, I want to align my life with you. 
Amen. So then move on. It says to uh, to agree from the heart with what he said about sin. God, I agree with you about the sin. I'm not going to make no excuses about it. I am not going to use those phony excuses to say, well, I'm just a sinner. We're all sinners. And then move on to openly acknowledge that agreement. Like I acknowledge, like I'm right now acknowledging about sin and how I don't want to be a part of that sin because it's not a part of God. And then to share the common view again, to share this common view with God about sin. So it's God, I want to be in your camp. I want to be in your, uh, uh, you know, think like you about sin. And I want to apply that into my life. So again, a prayer of confession is a type of prayer where the person praying acknowledges their sin and asks God for uh, asks for forgiveness from God. It's an important part of a Christian faith and helps believers to maintain a close relationship with God. Now, you know, we talk about the love of God. We always talk about the love of God. Nothing wrong with the love of God. I love the love of God because obviously uh, I, I enjoy being in his presence and I enjoy his love. But you know what? I believe that, yes, God loves us. And we, you know, us believers in Christ, he loves mankind. He sent his son to die on the cross for all mankind uh, uh, because he loved them. But you know what? We cannot increase or decrease God's love in our lives. Amen. But, but what we can do is increase his pleasure. The Bible clearly speaks of pleasing God. Amen. We can increase the pleasure of God or decrease the pleasure of God. And that's a whole nother message. But again, we can uh, decrease or increase the pleasure of God. So see, to me, I want to increase the pleasure of God into my life. I want God to be well pleased with me. Like he said to uh, about his son, Jesus Christ, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased with. Amen. So why would he not be able to say he's well pleased with me or you? So see, that's the kind of life that I want to try to live. I want to live a life in such a way that I'm pleasing God. So see, to me, keeping a fresh heart before God through confession and repentance to me, brings pleasure to my Father God because I'm acknowledging things that I believe that I'm placing in my in my life before Him that will bring separation of relationship. You cannot maintain a relationship with God and walk in sin like no big deal and spit in God's face and think you're going to have this wonderful relationship with Him. It doesn't work that way. And I know, again, I'm stepping on some toes so be it. God bless. Hallelujah. So confession allows us to be honest with ourselves and with God. It helps us to grow spiritually, recognizing areas in our lives where we need to make changes. Amen. There's so many areas in my life that I've had to recognize that I got to make changes. You know, I'll just give one example. I want to wrap this up before we end today. Uh, I'll give you one example. We had a mission team here recently, and I was just getting angry at my wife. I know that sounds horrible, but I was. Just little dumb things were setting me off and exposed me before the team, the mission team. And again, this is not the type of life that I live. Um, and so I was like upset at myself about that. And a good friend of mine, the pastor of the team, took me off the side and said, hey, man, what's up with you? You're... You know, you're lashing out at your wife. This is not right, you know. 
And I didn't come back at him and say, don't you judge me. Why are you judging me? I didn't do that. I said, you know what? You're right. And I want to be free from this. And again, it's just, it was just, you know, it's my flesh, my flesh just rising up. My flesh just, just getting irritated over dumb stuff. But I wanted to be free. I wanted to make that change. So I went and dealt with that. And again, I thank my friend for pointing that out. And I went and dealt with it. I said, man, you better shut your mouth. You better stop responding to your wife this way. You're better than this. Again, not I'm better. Like I'm just saying I'm a better person than this. So I took it to God. I took it to the Holy Spirit and said, help me stop responding this way. Because again, this is not the life that I live. I don't respond to my wife this way. But maybe it was just the stress of the trip or whatever it may be. But see, that's the way we need to live our lives. We need to live our lives in such a way that we are ready to change at any given moment because it's not pleasing unto God. We need to live a life in such a way that we're recognizing things that's not godly and not holy and put a stop to it and go to God and and confess to him and say, Holy Spirit, help me make this change to fix my heart. And I'm telling you, he will fix your heart. He will help you. He will help you be free from whatever's keeping you bound. Amen. So let's just go ahead and just look at my personal life here. And then we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So me, there are times, you know, again, I just talk to you about dealing with anger or wrongful thoughts or things that I've said or things that I've done, you know, I'll take those to God in prayer. I'll admit my wrong to him. And again, this is where these hyper grace people uh, say, well, there you are. You're living under the law. You're, you're, you're living under the law because we don't have to confess to God because we've already been forgiven of our past, present, and future sins. We don't have to do this. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, but I love going to my father, God. I love going to my God that loves me so much and say, God, I just want to get this right. Help me get this fixed. Help me get free from this. I don't see how they can even not think that. But see, that to me is the intimacy of being with my father. God is just getting things right and keeping things right in my life. So we got to close here, but let's go ahead and just say, you know, Again, these are the times that I will deal with God. I'll go to him and say, Lord, these are things that I'm dealing with. I don't like them. I want to put a stop to them. And then also, I'll just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of what I've done. Help me be free from this. Help me put a stop from this. And I thank you that the shed blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven me. I am free from this. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're operating in my life and you're going to show me. Uh, ways to put a stop to this in our in, in my life. And then, you know, to me, you know, the, some will say, well, you're just in the fear of losing your salvation or you're, you don't think that God loves you anymore. Nonsense. I don't think that. that it's, it's so far from my mind. It's just, I know my God loves me so much. I don't run for him. I run to him and say, Father, Thank you. You are you you sent your son to shed his blood for me. You you Jesus, you're on the throne speaking to the Father God, speaking to him on my behalf of the situations that I'm dealing with in my life, the sin that's in my life. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is coming or, or not coming, but is in my heart and, and is helping me be free from the sea. This is refreshing to me. This is renewal to me. This helps me just run my race and get free from all the weights that I've been carrying and, and just it, confessing my sins and being free from it. 
and running this race once again. So hopefully this is something that blessed you. I know, again, I kind of got a little riled up. But again, I just I, I just believe to be free from sin, live free from sin, live a life of righteousness, live a life of holiness. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I praise you and thank you for all those that are listening. I thank you that it's a blessing to them. I thank you that you're changing their life. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness, mercy, and grace that is in our life. I thank you, Father God, that that uh, you are working in our hearts and setting us free and helping us live this life that you want us to live. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And then finally, let's pray for those that don't know Christ. If you're listening right now, you want to invite Jesus in your heart. You want to make him Lord of your life. Simply pray, pray after me. Say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my uh, life. I want you to come into my heart through your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross. You shed your blood upon the cross for my sins. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. Thank you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Now, Jesus, I want to live this life. Help me find a church that I need to go to. Help me find a place that I need to go and serve and give of myself to, to your body to help expand the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for taking the time and listening. And we've got a lot more. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Sean Paul here, and I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. My heart is that you find the life Jesus Christ has for you, that you truly become fulfilled in Him. And make sure you subscribe and stay tuned because we have a lot more coming. God bless you.